Welcome to Blondie and the Brit, writing, publishing, and beyond. You can find our show notes and more information about our podcast at blondieandbrit.com. That's B-L-O-N-D-I-E-A-N-D-B-R-I-T.com. I am Blondie, KJ Waters. And I'm Suzanne Kalman. I'm the Brit. And together we're Blondie and the Brit. Yay! Woohoo! I am the author of Stealing Time. And I'm the author of the Rejected Writers Book Club. Welcome to Blondie and the Brit. Today we want to welcome Kelly Martin, who is an international best-selling author in horror, paranormal, contemporary, historical, young adult, and mystery. Wow. She lives in possibly a haunted house in a small southern town. While she likes to say paranormal things have only happened to her at home, it would be a lie. How exciting is that? Kelly, welcome to the program and congratulations for winning Nana Primo Contest for this podcast interview from Rachel Thompson's Bad Head Media. You are our very, very first horror paranormal author on the show. Welcome. Oh my goodness, that's exciting. <laughs> Thank you. Of horror authors. I don't know whether I just don't hang out in those circles. <laughs> uh, maybe you're all out in the middle of the night and I write in the morning. I don't there know, but go. it's really nice to meet you. It's nice to meet you. I do write at night, so that might there be you well, no, when I'm on Twitter at 6 o'clock in the morning, you're not there, you see. You finish for the day. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't get on Twitter till like, you know, 6 at night. Uh, so that works. Know. So it does work out that way. It so takes all times. Yeah. So why don't you start out by telling us a little bit about how you started writing? Well, about, uh, let's say, seven years ago, I think it was in 2011. Yeah, that was seven years ago. My kids were really young. They were five, four, and one. And I couldn't really, you know, go anywhere or do anything, really. It was just, it was watching Nickelodeon. Nick Jr., basically. <laughs> And my husband had bought a new computer. It was supposed to be for me, but it ended up being a gaming computer, and I'm not a gamer. So, But he is, strangely. So he would be on that computer, and I would be in the living room watching Nick Jr. and bored to tears. So he was like, well, let me get you a laptop. So he bought me a laptop. That was in August. In September, no, November, I did NaNoWriMo, which I do every year. And I figured if I wrote... 50,000 words or whatever, then I should at least try to get it published. So I did, and it did, and it just kind of, you know, rolled from that. Wow. So, so I'm a NaNoWriMo. Oh, that's how I started writing, too, with NaNoWriMo. I, I mean, love NaNoWriMo. I mm. do, too, because you've got to do it. So Yeah, it's like my Christmas. It's like your Christmas? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I see. Oh, it's like Christmas. Okay, got it. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. Okay. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about the so Nana Prime. There's a bit a big jump there. How did you go from actually taking fifty thousand, which often I don't know about yours, but mine are kind of all over the place words, you know, into you know actually getting published? Were you did you were you self published or did you uh, get a, a contract with a publishing house? How did that not, go? Not the first book. The first book I didn't self publish. I do now, but the first one I didn't because I was you know learning how to do things. I rewrote it four times because it needed a lot of help. It was the first book I'd ever wrote. needed a lot of help. So I rewrote it four times and then I, I learned how to query and write uh, synopsis and all that. And I went with a small publisher who was like, yeah, well, we'd we love to publish it. So I was really excited. And then I rewrote it again for them. And I think I ended up rewriting it and like editing it like 19 times because oh it, it needed help. But it did 
it ended up being a lot better and it came out in October of the next year. So I wrote it in August of 2011 and it came out in September. No, it didn't. October of 2012. That's still a a fast turnaround. Oh, yeah. 19 rewrites. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was busy. Three kids wasn't enough energy for you. You thought you got to do 19 rewrites of a book. Right, and a full-time job. So, you know, oh, wow. so yeah. you pull out there and say you don't have time. Come hang out with Kelly for the day. That's yeah. right. <laughs> Kelly, I did a similar thing. I had three kids. I didn't have a full-time job, but I it took me 10 years to write my book. So I'm so impressed that you managed to do oh, all wow. of that. Yeah, I didn't have Nano promo. I should have done that. I mean, Nana Rymo. It I does help. It does, and I've it done keeps it you since. Focused. Oh, yeah, it does. I like it, challenges, and I like deadlines. If I don't have a deadline, I can't finish a book. So I have to give myself a deadline. There you go. It's a good strategy. True. I'm like that. That's why I started. And then once you've got a book, you think, well, I should do something with it. Now I've spent all this time getting these fifty thousand words out. So yeah, I ah. do it every. I do it yeah, every year as well. I love it. It always excites me, and it keeps me on track. I like the energy of the group. You know, everybody's doing it. It's really fun. Do you do the camps too? I, do, I have done a couple of the camps. I did one where I was actually working on a screenplay. For me, it's great and it's fun, but something about that November NaNoWriMo is just more, I don't know, it makes it just motivates me better. Have you done camps? I do the camps. I'm not as good at the camps. Yeah. But I always finish in November. It's like there's some, like the camps, you can kind of change the workout. Like you can do 14, 10,000 or 10,000 or whatever. But November, it's 50,000. Like it has to be, so... Well, we need to connect this next November so I can keep we can keep each other on track. I'd like that. Yeah. That would be awesome. Now, KJ, did you do a NaNoWriMo? I'm trying to remember. Did oh, you yeah. do one? Yes, I've done it two years in a row. The first year. Yay! And I, at first year, I got close. The second year, last year, I made it thanks to you, Suzanne, with your idea with using the Rev that records your voice. I did. Yeah, I we, we, now we do a lot of our work. I don't know if you know this, Kelly, but you can actually do transcription. And, and there was a company called Timmy that was, Timmy that was actually offering a free service. You could just like speak the words and then they'd send you the transcript back. And that actually helped us get through some of those days where, you know, you don't have time to write. And so it just. I'm afraid. Like I'm afraid nothing would understand what I say. <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed, but I have a very thick accent. You're talking to me, I'm British. I have a thick accent. No, the God days, so oh, I'm good. Well, that, that might be something looking to yeah. <laughs> It's too funny. It's a magical tool, though. I mean, what it does, like... Nano Prom, Nano or NaNoWriMo, I really wanted to do the word count, but with kids and all the things going on, I'd get to the end of the day and I'd be like, hey, if I took 15 minutes and spoke it, I'd get my word count for the day. So yeah. it really sped me up a lot, and it was very convenient yeah. to, I mean, it's I was yeah, a mess so, talking into the thing because I didn't know what I'm doing, yeah. was doing yet, but I got better. So that, so that, so, so we'll go back to your story. So you get this book published for this young puppy publishers. So what, was that horrible? And um, what drew you to horror? I mean, was that the, was that your first type? Of, of books that you wrote because you obviously write all different genres was it a horror book no actually it was a young adult christian book wow oh. i've been all over the map completely <laughs> the opposite it <laughs> is wow but it had some like scary element thing. like all my books they're in different genres but they all have like scary scenes and i didn't notice it until later like I've been writing five years and I got thinking what all my books have in common they all had like one like it might be a dream or a nightmare or a scene or a jump scare or whatever or a fever induced something so I was like oh 
they've all had it. I just didn't notice it. Interesting. Mm. So it's a lot about your mind, Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> it does, and I hate it. <laughs> oh, it's dark and twisty in there. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Well, people ask me if I have nightmares. I'm like, no. I'm. I have. Well, I'm a teacher, so I have like normal, like not dreams, nightmares. I don't have ghosts. Not like ghosts aren't scary. Cool things are scary. <laughs> yeah, kids are scary. I was gonna say, <laughs> it's like the intruders are scary. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I that's see what that. I have nightmares about. Yeah, yeah. So, they're not gonna hurt you. So, so that's how you, you. That's really interesting. So, so you wrote this this Christian book, and then you went and wrote. How did you switch from to that? Would you say horror is is the is that the thing that you write the most of, or is what would you say is what you write the most of? I would say paranormal. Paranormal ghost stories are what I I love to write. Right. Most of. Like I used to, when I grew up, I watched like Buffy and Are You Afraid of the Dark and you know Scream. <laughs> so that's the kind of books I, I like, and that's what I like watch on TV on since uh, Fridays, Friday and Saturday nights. Now I watch like Ghost Adventures and Ghost Hunters. Oh, <laughs> wow. So that's what I. Lie. I don't like gory. Right. I don't like if, if there's a bone broke, I'm done. But I like <laughs> the ghosts and the suspense and the the what the mystery of it, I guess. Wow. But no blood and gore. So, yeah, so so that's amazing. So then you started writing them. Now, tell us, will you have a hobby of photographing abandoned houses? Now, is that to do with the ghost hunting side of you? And tell us a little bit about that experience. Well, I was... I was I always looked them up. Like my favorite things to look up would be like abandoned Olympic buildings or abandoned houses or or Mike Tyson's abandoned mansion. You know, abandoned places are just cool because you know they have houses go down really fast when there's nobody living in them. So I think that's really interesting and sad, but in a cool way. So I started going around and seeing houses that were around my neck of the woods and like they're so pretty like at one time there was a family there and they had you know laughter and everything and now they're just there so I I think they're pretty and I try to give them like a second life but I did have a, a lady that I worked with well, I still work with her. She come up to me. And she said, I know you take pictures of abandoned houses. And she said, I love them. They're really pretty. But I'm afraid that you'll take a picture of my grandma's house because it's abandoned and it's going downhill. And she said, I, I worry that you're going to take one. And then I felt really bad. Because <laughs> I don't. I didn't take a picture of her grandma's house. But right. I feel kind of bad. But I, 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 won't, I like the history of it. I really like history. was always my favorite subject in school so i like the history of the houses uh, you know why they become abandoned what happened to them like we were driving through um the back the back roads of this place and there was this house on the side of the road and the windows were out were out and the doors were gone and we could look in and the paint was still there. It was like this pretty teal. And I didn't go in it because I'm not going in them. But it was so pretty. It looked like somebody just walked out. And you kind of wonder, what was the last time somebody was actually in there? Like, what made them leave? What did them? Like, there's just a lot of questions with it. And I think they're they're pretty. And I like my 
my mind to wander about yeah. what happened. Wow. You ever wrote a story from that um, perspective? Yeah, I started writing a bunch of, well, the one I'm writing now, or I just finished writing it, it was about that, about abandoned house and why it was abandoned and, and things like that. I've never got into a whole backstory of exactly that, but I do have story ideas planned out for that. Wow. That's cool. So, so yeah. So, um, what do you do? So, how do you decide what you're going to write next? Then, I mean, so you have all these different genres. What, what's your next? What, what do you? How do you decide? Well, I kind of sometimes I start writing books and it it don't work out. Like I had a six part ghost story book that just I started writing. I got like twenty thousand words in, and I like, didn't not gonna work. So I quit writing it. So it's kind of a trial and error thing. I like ghost stories so that's and there's not a lot of them you know they always say write what you want to read there's not a lot of ghost stories in the world so that's why i like to write them i try to come up with like a a why something happened or like a a general i don't know idea (laughs) and kind of go from there Wow. So it sounds like, in a way, your both yours and my brain work, work the same, but in a different way. Like, you think about how, what could have happened to make this happen. And I think, well, how could this be even funnier? Like, I'm look, I work right comedy, so I'm kind of looking at, so if this happened, what if that happened, and then that happened, and then that, and that makes it funny. And, you know, you're kind of going, I love this, because it's telling me about your process. You're going in almost the other direction. You're, like, going backwards and that. Now, what happened? if this happened you know and then it got scary yeah Yeah. interesting and interesting Mm. I never realized thought about that before but just the way our brains are actually processing the same way but with different material that's cool yeah it's kind of cool well Kelly this has been really interesting to talk to you I think it's uh pretty exciting to to hear your process and um I think a lot of what you're doing when you talk about the haunted houses or like the abandoned houses that you're looking at, it's almost like the same way that you create your stories. There's something disturbing about it, but you're drawn to that. Do you agree? Oh yeah, I think so. I think it's, I think when I write, I want to know what happened. Uh, well, if I know how a story's going to end, I, I have a hard time writing it. Like I, I start oh. beginning, I, I write like a movie. Like I'm watching a movie, so but if I know how it ends, I get kind of bored. <laughs> so, so you're I'm, a pantser. Uh, we have a pantser here, Suzanne. I Yay! Am a Yay! Like yes, <laughs> very much so, and it's gotten me in a lot of trouble. But when I outline, I never stay with it, so <laughs> I just kind of quit. <laughs> That's funny. I was well, wasting my time. Yeah. Well, you got to you got to go with what works for you, and that's how your mind works. You want to know. You want to be surprised too. So that totally makes sense. To me. Oh yeah. Like I have a friend who she writes scenes and like out of order scenes, and then she puts them together. And I'm like, how do you know it's gonna work? See, I leave every chapter on a cliffhanger. Not a cliffhanger, but um, well, I guess it is kind of a yeah, cliffhanger yeah. every chapter. So you kind of want to read. But I don't know what the cliffhanger is going to work if I if I don't if I don't put the scenes in order. Yeah, yeah, it, it flows way. that way. I'm the same. So way. I, she writes, you know, one scene and one scene, one scene, like one scene again, one scene. Then I don't know how you do that. Yeah, <laughs> I think she's very cool. That would be very confusing to me, and especially if you're writing a mystery, it all kind of has to build. So I, I'd be lost. That would take me like eight years. Yeah, I think <laughs> it would take a lot of planning not to. And I'm not 
much of a planner. Yeah, so that's <laughs> not your work out for me really well. Yeah. Well, you've run a Goodreads group called Top Five Wednesday. Can you tell us a little bit how you came up with the idea and how that works? Well, I don't run it. I'm just in it. But I love Top Five Wednesday. I think it was made by I think her name was Lainey, and then Samantha took it over. It. And what it is is um, every month they give different um, topics for a video. You can do a YouTube video. You can do I used to do YouTube videos for it, um, or you can do um, blog posts, or you can even do Instagram. And it, like it could be like top five future classics or top five best books I've read this year. And you can just go through and kind of pick your favorites. And I actually kind of, I mean, I like it, but it's made me read more books. Like I used to not have time to read. Yeah. <laughs> now I've made time to read. I'm starting to read like, like this year I've read like the picture of Dorian Gray and Frankenstein and Dracula and, and all the, the old classics that, I love, yeah. and um, what else did I read? Uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, I read that. And then I've been reading more horror books in YA or just in general, or ghost stories and stuff. So that gives me more books to put on the list, because when you've only read a few books a year, it's hard to make up a list. <laughs> not much of and, a list. <laughs> I read one book, it, here it is. Yeah, it's not going to get around very much. <laughs> and that way I can kind of, you know, give more recommendations to people, because oh, I want cool. people to read. It yeah. doesn't necessarily be my books, I just want them to read Yeah, books. well, and it's a good way to connect with people, because then you can create discussion, and you're, you know, you're creating a dialogue with potential readers or readers that are, you know, you can't write a book. If they read a book a week, you can't keep up with that pace. So obviously they're readers reading other things. Right. Or you can be like, well, if you like this book, then you'll like this book. Or if you like this book of mine, you might like this other book. Or if you like this other book, oh, I have a book that's similar. Give it a try. So you're twirling marketing in there, but you're being like very. Right. uh, organically organically I think that's the best kind that's a great that's I love that though and and Goodreads is such a good community because they're people that are readers they're not just random people on Twitter these are people that actually like books and are involved right I've actually got into Goodreads a lot this summer um I've been doing a lot of like the I think it's neat because you can scroll it like Facebook so it gets your thumb exercised and then (laughs) but it's with people that actually like books yeah and I've always well I've been on Goodreads since 2012 when my first book came out but I never actually did all the cool stuff it has like the groups and the discussion I love going to the discussion tab and just you know talking to people I don't say hey I'm a writer but if if it comes up I do but it's just fun to talk to people about books and things in general yeah no I think that's good and I mean what you're doing is being active on a social media platform that you enjoy it's a perfect marketing strategy as an author to to get involved with people who read so then they look at your buyer and like oh my gosh she's a writer I trust her I know her we've been talking for right and it's like and it's and they they and they do know me because it's not a fake thing that I just came on there you know hey come read a book of mine it's they they know what I like I'm in some horror groups I'm in some YA groups I'm in some classic groups I'm in some just general groups and you know they can say hey yeah we you know we we trust you because we know who you are I like to give recommendations for books I I like to read historical fiction that's not 
horror. Yeah. <laughs> I don't just read scary books. Yeah. Um, so I can give recommendations for those too. So yeah. I think it's fun. It's brilliant. And it's, it's all the, you know, here's how you sell books is relationship marketing. You're connecting with people. It's not just buy my book, buy my book. You're having... Right. And people can tell when you're fake. Yeah. Yeah. They know if you're just there to sell them something. Yeah. No, I think that's brilliant. And I, you have to enjoy what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and, and some people do that on Twitter and other people do it on Facebook, but Goodreads is very focused and who's there are the readers. So I think that's brilliant to work on. Oh, yeah. Going through Twitter and it's like every other person's like, buy my book, buy my book. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I understand it. And it still annoys me sometimes. Yeah. So I can imagine for somebody that, you know, is just on Twitter to, you know, talk to people or see what's going on to see, buy my book, buy my book, buy yeah. my book ever thing. I can see how it can be kind of annoying. Yeah, yeah, and you don't really ever engage with them. So, good job. So, now that we're on the discussion of book marketing, tell us what other tools you use um, to reach out, what things have worked for you, what things have you learned that you maybe you can share with our listeners. Um, Instagram has worked a lot. Putting up my abandoned house pictures i like to take oh. pictures of course i can't take a picture of a ghost which would be cool because the romance people can take pictures <laughs> of romance or sunsets or yeah hearts and they can put that on instagram i can't take a picture of a ghost i mean i could not make some money yeah but <laughs> they don't like it though they don't just show up for your photography they don't just show up when yeah. i call them so <laughs> Well, I have to think of other ways around that. Like yeah. my abandoned houses, that kind of goes with that too. Or pictures that I think are really pretty but are like haunting pictures. Yeah, yeah. Or uh, I wrote a story on there once and I had a, a sentence or two every day that was like a ghost story. So, And I, you know, use different tags how you do Instagram and everything to kind of connect people and grow and, and things like that. And then have people, people have, have asked questions on there. What I did for, let's see, the first ghost book I ever had was um, Dark and Daily Things. And what I did on Instagram is I thought, okay, there's not a very big why or any kind of ghost story community. There's like really big horror, like gory horror, yeah. or there's like paranormal romance. So that's, I'm kind of in between. Hmm. Like I don't have gory at all. And there's, there's a little romance in mine, but they're not like shifter, yeah, yeah. you know, definitely paranormal romance. So I'm kind of, so I was like, what am I going to do? They're ghost hunters in this book. So what I did on Instagram is I followed a bunch of ghost hunters and they are very good to follow you back. They're very nice. So now I have this really cool feed of just of ghost hunters, which I love and Halloween and um, autumn stuff on my feed. So I got a really nice feed. So I don't mind going Instagram. <laughs> but what I did was I wrote, I sent them all um, messages and I was like, hey, I wrote this book about ghost hunters. Would you mind reading it and talk about it on your page and do reviews? And they were so excited. Oh, that's <laughs> like, great. I got a lot of people. They were like, yes, we don't get many books about ghost hunters. So they read it and they put it on their page and they reviewed it. And like, they all said that it was accurate, which I was happy about. Like, I could die happy. <laughs> the ghost hunters like, this is an accurate book. And some of them were like, yeah, we had this experience too, which like freaked me out. 
But then, and then they would put it on their page, and then their followers who were actually into ghost hunting would get the book. So it was um, a roundabout marketing white thing. But I've always thought it was best if you find things that are like your book and then kind of go around it that way to nope. get people yeah. to buy it. So it did well because the ghost hunters locked it on Instagram, and yeah. they were very nice to me. So, and they're read, the people that follow their pages liked it. So yeah, I think that's a good. it's a brilliant way to connect to readers who are interested in your subject matter. So I think that's, I mean, what better way to find people that are interested in ghosts and to look at the ghost hunters? And you've got one in your book. I think that's so smart. Right. So right, they don't. I mean, it's not like there's a group on. There's not a there's a hashtag romance. There's a hashtag thriller. There's a hashtag you know, but there's not really a hashtag ghost stories. Well, there is, but it's not. It's not as big yeah. as they are. So you yeah. kind of have to think outside the box sometimes, yeah. which is really, it, it really, I don't know. I mean, I, I assume it is in every genre to kind of go around the masses, but especially when you write paranormal that's not paranormal romance and horror that's not gory. Like there's a line that you have to go down and it, it's cool. It, it's fun. It makes it makes it interesting to, to think of different ways to get your book out and people to see it and things like that. Yeah, no, I think, I think that's a great idea. And I was going to challenge our listeners to think about something similar uh, where you're trying to capture readers or people that are interested in, whether it's a TV show or um, like you're saying, the ghost hunters. I had reached out a while back and I need to redo it again, but to storm chasers, my books are uh, time travel set in a hurricane. So Ooh. I talked to a couple storm chasers and what it's like the same thing that you're, that you're doing. I just never followed through on it because I got distracted with all my other marketing stuff, but it's the same yeah. idea. Was that those are the people that really like, you know, storm stories. They may not necessarily like fiction or, and, or time travel, but if they're interested in the hurricane aspect and the severe weather, I've got that. So maybe there's an overlap. So to get some of those people right. in, have them talk about the book or, you know, just whatever, kind of like what you did is either to follow them and then reach out to them. I think that's brilliant. I need to do it. You just reminded me of a great plan. So, yeah. And you know what, KJ, there must be people out there that actually are storm chasers that, yeah. that have groups that you could go talk to with your book or something. Who oh, knows? To, to present the ones, Suzanne, that I met were where you are in Seattle. Um, we have storm chasers in Seattle. You do. We don't even have, we don't even have that kind of weather here. They must be really bored. I thought it was funny, too. I'm like, oh, there's fog. Are you going to run out there now and <laughs> catch I know. Yeah, we, we get a lot of rain. Are they rain chasers? Raining. I, yeah, I think they left. They probably came to the Midwest and found I was going to say, they're in the yeah. wrong. They need to be in the corridor. You know, <laughs> Tornado Alley. Yes, exactly. Well, thank you for, for planting that seed. I think that's a really good tip for our listeners, Kelly. Good yeah, and anything that's different is, I think, a good way to do marketing. Like, there's so many marketing classes, which are good. I've took a bunch of them. Yeah. <laughs> They're really good. And then you can kind of tweak that to fit your own books and your own yeah. what you want to write and, and what you want to, you know, portray to people. So. Yeah, exactly. And what kind of readers you're trying to attract. So it sounds like you've got right. that down. Um, we always love asking this question. What is your writing process? Suzanne touched on it a little bit, but like, do you have a place that you write with three kids? How do you find it? Is that piano lessons like I do, or you do it when I go to bed? What is your strategy? How do you set that up? Well, I write in my bed, which is kind of embarrassing, I guess, but I, don't think I so. write when the, when the girls were little, 
I would write in the living room with ear, ear, uh, yeah, earphones on and listen to music while they were watching their shows and dancing around. And I'm really good at taking background noises and, you know, pushing it back. Like, noise doesn't bother me. Um, especially with my day job, I have to be okay with noise. Yeah, so. that's true. You're probably good at tuning I, stuff up. Yeah, I'm really good at tuning stuff up. Like, like there could be somebody dancing right next to me, and it wouldn't matter. Like, if, if you didn't need this to be quiet for, like, the, the audio, the girls could be running in and out, and I wouldn't. Of course, they're 12. No, they're not. She had a birthday yesterday. They're 13, 11, and 8 now, so uh, it's not like they're little, yeah, but they, yeah. they still need a lot of attention, surprisingly. Yes. <laughs> so, but if they were coming in and out, like, it wouldn't bother me. I would just, you know, I can tune them out. I'm, I'm pretty good at that. So when they were little and they were in the living room, I could just put on my ear uh, earphones, listen to music, whatever. Now that they're bigger, um, I write about it at 9 o'clock at night. I, even during the summer. I'm off during the summer, obviously. But um, even during the summer, I try to write during the day. And it. I guess I'm just not used to it. Yeah. So what I do is um, about 9 o'clock at night, I just start writing. And I can write about 2,000 words an hour. Wow. So that kind of helps a lot to get words out. It sure <laughs> does. <laughs> it's kind of so, important for writing a book. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they, they're they pretty good at, you know, not bother me too much. My problem is when I when I first sit down to write, it's usually my husband that comes in. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, just leave you alone. <laughs> like, I can be in here for an hour, like, doing looking at YouTube or whatever. And then I'll start to write, and then somebody will walk in the door. <laughs> really? Oh, really? Man. So, but yeah, I'm using, and I don't write with music anymore. I used to, what I do is, if I need, like, I have these playlists on YouTube, and I have, like, a cry list, a happy list, a tense <laughs> list, or whatever yeah, list. And if I need a certain emotion, obviously, I, I this might not be a good thing, didn't it? <laughs> but if I need a certain emotion for a scene, I'll watch some videos in that playlist, and then I get all angsty or whatever, yeah. and then I'll write the scene. I think that's really I, smart, I love though. that idea. It's a good transition so that for that way, you, I don't yeah. have to. And then, it's, I guess it's kind of like acting, and then you can kind of come out of it and yeah. go on about your life. So. Oh, that's it helps me when I have to write really fast. Like I hadn't this year. I took a little I'm still writing, but I I took a bit of a publishing break this year. I'm not putting out as many books, but last year in the year class I took put out like eight books a year. What? And so back then I definitely needed like I had to get words. I had to get, you know, things out. So, you know, I didn't have time to get into like these emotional places. So I had I made these playlists. So it would be easier to get into. Yeah. So first, my tip for writing fast. Okay. So wait, eight books eight. a year. How on earth are you like superhuman or something? I don't. I cannot <laughs> I comprehend. Sleep. That's kind of why I took this year off. Yeah, I mean, I'm not off. I wrote two books this year. Oh. But, <laughs> I'm taking um, a year off. I love it. I can't even get one out this year. <laughs> <laughs> I took the year off. I only wrote two books. Oh, so how many words are you writing a day? Are you, you write every day? Uh, I write about 2,000 words a day. I don't write every day. If I miss a day, I'll write like three or 4,000 the next day to kind of, you know. But if I'm writing, if I'm in the zone and it's flowing, I can do it really fast. If, you know, if I'm struggling, you know how there's some days where you know you've been typing for like 12 hours and you've got 300 words? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those days are awful. 
and you're like, I'm never writing another book again. <laughs> those, those days are not fun. But it's the days when you're when it's actually flowing out, and you can get three thousand words, and it doesn't feel like you wrote anything. Yeah, that, yeah. I like those days. Yeah, those days so, are great. So you had a lot of those that last year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had deadlines that I needed to reach, so I was doing that. That's and good. this year, I was like, you know, I'm just going to not. Yeah, <laughs> so, no, you need a break. I mean, Suzanne's been through that, too. You just, you get burned out, and then you have to kind of, like, let your creativity return, you know, and flow back in. Yeah. What, the, the time, like, two or three years ago, they were like, you know, you need to put out a book ever six weeks or three months or two months. You know, that you have to do them really fast. You have to put them out really fast. So I was like, okay. So I did, okay. I mean, and it worked, but I was not sleeping yeah. or, you know, tired or cranky or whatever. And that's not fair for, you know, your family. Yeah. yeah. So I, I backed off this year and everybody seems happier. So we're well, going to see how this works. And then maybe there's a happy medium of four books here. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you could take some time off, you know, in between and have a, a lesser year or just a couple months where you like relax or something, but. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, tell us what you're working on now. Right now. Let's see. I just finished a ghost story. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> called uh, Trinity Row. It's, I'm, uh, I've queried it out to agents. I have, there's two with bulls. We'll see how that goes. And then I'm working on right now, It this book's going to come out in the fall. And it's called Between the Dreaming and the Dead. And it's about this guy who, when he, when we meet him, he's, he's standing and he's looking at this farmhouse in the middle of, there's hills all around him. He doesn't know how he got there. He don't, he's wearing like a black pants and a white button up shirt. He don't know how he got there. He doesn't remember how he got there. And it's his story and figuring out what happened. And he meets this girl inside. Her name's Valley. And they're trying to figure out, she doesn't remember how she got there either. Ooh. And they're just kind of figuring out what happened. So, Oh, that's I'm a great that premise. One. Oh, I love that. So do you know what's happened to them yet? Are you still I do know. Okay. <laughs> I know what happened, but I don't know how it ends yet. Ooh, oh, I got to okay. the third act. And they've all figured out what's happened and what's going on. But I don't know how it ends. Ah. So I'm excited to see how it ends. That is cool. Ooh, I like that. I, sometimes I don't know. I've got a book that I've got that is done. I don't know how it ends. I mean, I don't know. who is she going to end up with him? I really don't know yet. Yeah. I think it's fun. Yeah. yeah. It is. It is. To write like I read. I don't want to know the ending. <laughs> I do a mixture. I know like basically where it's going to end and I know like the surprises and stuff, but I don't know all the in-between stuff. And half the time, like all these things happen that like, then that's like eight new chapters of now you have to wrap up that line. You know, it's just, I have, yeah. I write a lot and uh, it's a lot of fun though. I know to do basically both. how it's going to end, but then I always pride myself. Like the one I just finished Trinity Row, I knew how it was going to end and I was, certain about how it's going to end and then it didn't end like that and I was like oh that's better so, good I'll I like see. surprising myself that's very cool yeah. I think I've covered all my dark secrets around <laughs> <laughs> I was going to tell you though I wrote I think my very first screenplay exclusively in bed and I think I wrote ah. my nana first nana Roma, Rama in bed I, don't, I think it's a great place to I write too. so I don't mean, feel bad weird. about that it's here, and the TV's right over there, and they can come in wherever they want to, and, yeah. you know, it doesn't feel like 
work when you're Ron in bed. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I've done it too. When I when I first started writing Stealing Time, like seriously getting down to writing it, I had just had uh, spinal fusion surgery. So I was laying down on the couch just so I wasn't like alone. I was depressed if I stayed in my room too long. But I, I, that's where I started getting, you know, a lot more writing down. So kind of bed rest oh, wow. situation. Yeah. So uh, it worked out worked out fine. I got finally wrapped up my book after the nine years I'd been writing it. So, <laughs> so I had to get injured to that actually finish out. it. Yeah. Something made me sit down finally. Like, oh, I could actually write now. So. That's the hard part. Like, I think 90% of my time is actually trying to make myself sit down to yeah. write. Yep. Like, it's the whole talking, and you have to do this. You have, you yeah. have a deadline. You have to do this. <laughs> Once I sit down to write, I'm fine. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I do now, but my old laptop, I didn't have the internet on because oh. if the internet file said on the laptop, well, there's YouTube, yep. which is my boss. And, you know, this one does because my old laptop died and I had to get a new one. Huh. So <laughs> this one has it. So I have to fight really hard not to get on it. Yeah. But yeah, my old one, I think that's why I wrote so much back then. That That's the laptop's fault. That's <laughs> what I did. The so old one didn't have it. Yeah. So I would just write. Apps out there that you can set it so it turns the internet off for a certain number of hours, you know, like time periods or whatever. So You could, but I would know how to get it off. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't work. Oh, that's cute. Well, I think we're ready to lightning round her, Suzanne. What do you think? I think that sounds great. Have you done a lightning round before, um, no. Kelly? So basically the way this works is we ask you just very simple questions about your tastes or different things and you just come up with a short answer. It doesn't have to be, there's no quiz at the end. You just have to, you go spontaneously, you're a pantser, this will be easy for you. Okay, okay. <laughs> you want to do it, Kate? Do you want me to do it? Whatever. What do you think? Uh, let me, do, I'll do it just for a change of voice. Huh? Sure. Okay. So, are you ready, Kelly? I am. Okay. So, first question, what is your favorite writing spot? We know that. Huh, right my there. Head. Yay. <laughs> and we actually know the second one. Are you a pantser or a plotter? A pantser. Yeah, <laughs> you see this is? It's awesome. <laughs> it's like can, I knew the question. It's like you already knew. It's like a paranormal thing. You know? Ah, <laughs> if you could be transported back in time, where would you go? Victorian London. Ooh. Wow, you didn't even hesitate. Yeah. No, I love books from there. So, like Jack the Ripper and yes, uh, oh, talking Jack the Ripper. I love that book. Oh wow, I would go. Yeah, they actually just. I think it was last year they figured out who that was. Did you did you read the the true story about that? Uh uh-uh. uh Oh yeah, they did some DNA testing. You should do. It's really interesting. They figured out who he was. Oh wow. Okay, who or what inspires you? <laughs> Um, ghost stories. Well, looking at something and trying to figure out why or how. Yeah. yeah. Cool. You're just you're curious, and that, I, think I that, am. Yeah, I think that's a huge help for an author. Who? Uh, which book do you wish you had written? Oh. Um. There's this book called These Shallow Grays. It's not a ghost story either. I thought it was when I bought it, <laughs> but it's not. It's by Jennifer Donnelly, and it's really good. I wish I had, I had wrote that. I wish I could write historical. You Because you don't do historical at all? I, I did. I had some... I've had four historical books. <laughs> she doesn't write historical books. I don't Just write four. historical, but I've had four of them. Just four. <laughs> well, one yeah. of them was Civil War, 
And three of them were supposed to be Regency, but I didn't do like the Regency rules. So my publisher was like, let's make this a fantasy land. I mean, a land that's not really there. So they're historical, but not accurate. Oh. I want to write historically accurate books. Um, you're, you're like, your failures are like other people's successes. You know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> it makes me feel good. <laughs> I'm going to put that on a sign. Yeah, you think you think <laughs> Right in front of your bed, right there on the wall. Yes. Of the TV. That's great. <laughs> yes. Okay. What is your favorite writing author moment so far? The moment when you look back, you go, that was such a neat moment as an author for me or a writer. This interview. Oh, Cage. This interview and <laughs> when I got nominated, there used to be a convention called Utopia, and it was in Nashville. And they had an award show, and you got to get, get dressed up. And, of course, I'm a mama and a teacher. So, I do like I get dressed up very often. So, you could go, if you got nominated, you got to go to the award show and get, you know, gussied up. And that was fun. So, even if you didn't win, you know, you saw your name on the screen. Yeah. And it was like, it was the 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 Oscars for indie author is what was cool. Awesome. That's so cool. I love that we and also that and it there's something about being legitimized. When you see your name up there you go, I'm a real writer. They wrote my name up there and I know that's me. <laughs> <laughs> I know her. I know yeah, her. I know that's right. She's familiar to me. She yeah. writes, she writes cool. in my bed. <laughs> One thing you wish you'd been told about being a writer. I wish I had been told that you need a lot of writer friends and you need a happy person, somebody that on the days that you actually want to quit and you don't want to write another word that you can tell them and they understand and they'll, you know, motivate you to keep going. I think that's what every writer needs, especially new writers, that you need somebody that's going to understand your husband's not going to understand. They're just, or not <laughs> unless yeah. they're a writer unless you're in it you don't know so you need somebody in it i wish somebody told me that sooner to find my happy buddy and to be able to you know bounce ideas off of them when you know ideas need bouncing and to commiserate with so you don't say things you don't mean on social media complain <laughs> to your happy person oh. but don't put it on you know twitter <laughs> Great advice. That's, that's KJ for me. KJ, yeah. you're my happy person. You're my happy person. How cute. See? <laughs> that's who we, you know, the first, when something exciting happens in my book, if it goes up, the first person I message is KJ. Yeah. Because she, that's your happy person. My yeah. happy person. What about you, KJ? Am I yours? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we try to we try to talk once a week because Suzanne is like my Prozac. She's like, you can do it. Don't worry about that. You didn't have a great week because of blah blah blah. Now here's your goal. Do this, and I'm like, oh yay! I'm not a total failure. <laughs> Things are good. It works. It yeah, does. I had that when I first started. Yeah, yeah I totally agree with you yeah. because mm-hmm. you know what? On social media, it's not the same. Like sometimes I think people think, gosh, you know, all the success, but the, what they don't realize is all the work. They don't realize mm-hmm. what you're talking about. The down days, the days you want to give up, the mm-hmm. days you can't figure out plot holes or you're stressed because you're under a deadline, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, but that happy buddy does, so I take it you have one. Oh yeah, I have one. You want to give her a I shout? have two or three. You want to give them the shout out so that we can go, yay! Tia Bach and Liz Long and Casey Bond. Yeah. Wow. Happy buddies. Good You job. guys rock. 
Yes, they, they did. did. They, and they put up with a lot. <laughs> yeah, and look what they helped you do last year, the eight books. That is totally incredible. So you need to give them giant high fives. and Oh, yeah, definitely. And are they writers as well, any of them? Oh, yeah, they're all three writers. So they understand. And T is my editor, so oh, she's good. real good about, you know, kicking me. <laughs> To make me rap more, though. She's good. That's wonderful. That's a great piece of advice. So, yeah, that, I actually totally echo that. If you're a new writer and you're just starting out, find what she calls a happy buddy. The person who's going to cheer with you and cry with you on the right days. Mm-hmm. And that will understand when you complain. Yeah. And that will say, I understand you want to quit and you'll write 2,000 words tomorrow. You're fine. <laughs> you can quit the rest of the day, but you'll go back to it tomorrow. Yeah. That's it. Good deal. Well, this was great. What a wonderful interview. But thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, it's really fun. You've been a really fun guest and just a real inspiration. We are always amazed. Um, both KJ and I always talk about this. That we kind of do this and hope to support you, but we always get so much out of it. Like, I've just listening to you today has been like a ray of sunshine and just your joy. Aww. Yeah, and just just really encouraging, don't you think, Kate? Oh, absolutely. Very inspiring and, you know, a lot of good ideas for our authors to go out there and try creating yeah. some cool new marketing ideas and just writing inspiration. So, yeah, you, Kelly. Killed it. Well, thank you. <laughs> so, Kelly, tell yeah. us. So, the book that you, the next book you're working on that you've just been talking about, what's the title and when will it be ready? It's called uh, Between the Dreaming and the Dead. And it comes out September 13th, and I'm really excited because it's the first book I have coming out this year. Yay. And I've not put a book out this year, like I said, but it's exciting. Good. Yay. Yay. We're <laughs> so very Go get it, everybody. September 13th. Go get that book. Uh, what, was it, what was it called again? Between the Dreaming and the Dead. That's Between great. the Dreaming and the Dead. Yeah, this was fun, Kelly. I'm really glad to meet you. I had a good time. I appreciate it. Yeah, great. Well, this was so much fun. Well, you have a good rest of your day, Kelly. You too. And it's been lovely meeting you and connecting with you. You too. I've had a good time. Take care. Have a good weekend. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on Blondie the Brit. We will have another incredible author next month. You can find our show notes and more information about our podcast at BlondieAndBrit.com. That's B-L-O-N-D-I-E-A-N-D-B-R-I-T.com.